0: Uh, like we said last night, I don't believe that you or I are here by accident, but that the Lord is ordering our steps, directing our paths. Um, what Brother John was saying is, uh, I'm, I'm convinced of divine connections, uh, or you know what God does. The Bible said it's forever, and uh, uh, it, it, He describes it to us by the natural physical body. And uh, like you were saying, uh, sometimes people think, well, I'll just get that direct from the Lord, but then He winds up giving it to you through another body part. Well, uh, Jesus is the head, we are the body. But what if the hand said, I'm only receiving directly from the head, that's the only way I'm going to receive anything. Well the life that flows to the hand that enables it to do that comes from the head, but it goes through a bunch of body parts yes, to get there, right? It flows through the neck and the shoulder and the arm, and that's why the is always trying to create strife yes. if he can get the hand to have a falling out with the wrist, mm-hmm. <laughs> and say, look, Riz, I'm sick of you. I'm done with you. And Riz says, well, that's fine by me, hand. We're done. <laughs> that's going to be a problem, right? Because the life flows from the head through the body parts. Um, I know uh, when I first started teaching at Rainbow Bible Training Center and Brother uh, Kenneth Hagin's ministry, I had not been to um, uh, any higher education uh, with theology, I didn't have a master's or doctor's degree in in theology, and and so I I felt a little inadequate and underprepared. They were allowing us so graciously to prepare our own curriculum, and so um, I decided I needed to be a little better read, a little better studied. I'm I'm teaching now in the Bible school, so uh, I got me some big thick books. <laughs> Uh, that I was having to read with a dictionary part of the time. And, and, um, uh, and just, you know, endeavoring to broaden my scope of understanding. And after a while, something wasn't sitting right in my spirit. And in a time of prayer, the Lord spoke to me. He said, I don't mean I heard an audible voice, but distinctly inside. He said, Keith, I have many good ministries all over the world. I could have joined you with any one of those that I chose he said, I sent you here, get this. Does that make sense to you? And so I closed my big books, <laughs> and I went back and got Brother Hagen's book, What Faith Is. <laughs> Are you all with me? I went back and got into that because that, that's my call, that's my area, and it's fine to learn other things and grow and develop, but we're not supposed to know everything. We are not every part in the body. We are a specific part, and we're graced to be that part. And you don't want to try to be a different body part. You don't want to, it's fine to look at the other body parts and, and be impressed and thank God for them, but don't try to be a part you're not. It'll only frustrate you. You're not graced to be that, to do that, right? Uh, Eyes don't make good feet. (laughs) Is that right? Ears can't see. But that's okay. They can hear, right? And he said, you know, if, if the whole body is an eye, where's the hearing, he said. All of us are significant. All of us are important. But we need to focus on what we are. And that goes right along with what we started last night talking about. How do I find out? what I am. Well, it's a revelation of the will of God. Would you go please to Romans 12? Let's look at scripture that we looked at last night and, and go on from here. And We're believing the Lord that we will get exactly what He's saying to us and not just learning things with our mind but receiving a supply of the Spirit. Uh, the Lord's things are not outwardly discerned. Um, they, they are spiritually discerned, the scripture says. And in meetings like this, services like this, for the most part, we don't know all that God is doing. We, we just get a little bit from the surface, and there are times your spirit will get excited. And uh, you don't know why. <laughs> your head is not caught up with, with your heart. And uh, God does great things in our hearts, in our spirits. You know, Brother Smith Wigglesworth was have said to have said this, that he said, I'm a, I'm a thousand times bigger on the inside <laughs> than I am on the outside. He, he, he's getting a revelation of his capacity. Well, you think about this. Uh, the Lord encourages us that we can be filled with all the fullness of God. Yeah. That we can grasp the height and depth and breadth and length of the love of God. We have the capacity to know this, to experience this. Uh, I... Years ago, I heard somebody talking about the brain and how that we have uh, uh, some, all of these cells and synaptic capability, but that, uh, you know, sometimes you feel like if you've studied a lot that you've got your brain full, you know, <laughs> and uh, your mind is not your brain. Oh, that's right. Your brain is sim- simply the physical organ that your mind functions through. Your mind is unlimited. What you can learn, what you can understand, what you can remember is unlimited. You and I are made in the likeness and image of God. This life is the briefest thing we will ever do. If you live a hundred years, it's the shortest thing you will ever do. It is actually preparation for what comes next. Yeah. We're being prepared for our role in the kingdom of God, nice. ruling and reigning with Him. Yeah. And so, uh, never get to thinking, you know, uh, people hurt their by saying, well, you know, I'm 50 years old, you know, I, I just don't learn, I can't remember things like, you, know, you should treat that worse than cussing. Because all you're doing is darkening your understanding when there is no reason for it. Someone says, well, yeah, but I'm getting older. What does that have to do with it? Your your spirit is not aging. Though the outward man is decaying, the inward man is renewed. Day by day. You haven't aged in a decay sense an hour since you were born again. And you never will. You're developing. You should be growing up and developing, but you'll never get old inside unless you take an old mindset. And then you're just imposing things on yourself that are not real. You're believing lies. You can actually be more brilliant and more knowledgeable and have greater understanding of God and be sharp in your mind the older you get instead of going uh, the wrong way. Actually, losing your cognitive abilities and losing your memory is part of the curse of the law. Hmm? Has anybody read that? Read over in Deuteronomy 28, you'll see what I'm talking about. Being bewildered, being crazed in the wits memory problems, all of this is part of the curse of the law. Does anybody know there's some good news in the New Testament about that? Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. And in fact, you're not just limited to your mind, you have also the mind of Christ, the mind of the anointed one. But it makes so much difference what you say about this and what you believe about this. The enemy will bring symptoms and thoughts and feelings to you. And if you believe it and receive it and start talking, you will actually dumb yourself down. You will. And if you say, I can't, I can't, I wasn't any good when I went to school and now I'm older. You can't teach an old dog new tricks. Well, honey child. You are not an old dog. That's right. You are a new creation. Amen. All things have passed away. All things have become new. And all things are possible to him that believes. And you can do all things through the anointed one, Amen. and his anointing. Glory. And that anointing causes you to know all things, First John says. Yeah. Come on, I want you to say something out loud. I want you to say it like you mean it. I have, I have the anointed mind, the, anointed mind. The, mind Christ, the mind of Christ, and by his grace, by his grace I, will never I will never lose my mind. Lose my mind. I've been redeemed. redeemed. Have you? I've been redeemed from the curse of the law and and, and loss of cognitive ability, crazed in the wits. I'm quoting some of these. Go back and study them for yourself. That stuff's part of the curse for breaking God's law. Christ has redeemed me from from that. Hmm? Even though the outward man grows older, the inward man is renewed quickened day by day we're supposed to know more of god every year that passes hallelujah well what's knowledge of god going to do for you is that going to dun you down or is it going to make you brighter brighter sharper now do not accept what uh, uh, you know, ungodly and worldly thinking will try to put on you and tell you, don't accept that. Sure, you know, when you're 80 years old, uh, your body's not, not like it was when it was 17. And even your brain has aged, obviously, but your brain is not your mind.
1: You're with me. Your brain is
0: not your mind. And your mind is part of the, your inner man, part of your spirit being, and it is unlimited. It's, uh, it has the capacity to receive the fullness of God. Hallelujah. God made us this way. He, we're created like him in his likeness and image to function like him. Now we're at very early stages of our development. Very early. When He calls us His little children, it's not a figure of speech. We are very, very early in our development. But as time goes on, we'll just keep going. I mean, how many can say you've developed a lot if you walk with the Lord for the past twenty years or or thirty years or forty years? What if you did that for another three hundred years? Hmm? And then once you get out of this life, you get away from everything that's restricting you and the darkness you just take off then. And what about developing for another 10,000 years?
1: Amen.
0: Amen. Hmm? That's, that's when it's going to get to be where people, nobody will have to ask. People will just see you and they'll know you're a son of God.
1: Amen.
0: Hallelujah. Hallelujah. By the way you look, by the way you talk, by the way you act. You're a being of light. And how do we get into all of that? <laughs> but does it make you happy? Does it make you glad? <laughs> Somebody needs to say it again, and you need to say it with conviction. Nobody can believe this for you. you got to believe it yourself. I want you to say it out loud. Nobody be silent in here, please. This is, this is affecting your future. Say it out loud. I will never
1: I will never lose, never
0: lose my mind
1: lose my mind, mind.
0: Glory. I will never I will never lose my mind I have the mind of Christ Amen Hallelujah I have the mind of Christ Now one of the things that helps ensure that is that you do not participate in strife and fear You can't live in strife and fear and anxiety and vexation all the time and have a sound mind. You're yielding to wrong things and over a period of time it'll take a toll on your mentality. You have to live and walk in the peace of God. Hmm? And that doesn't mean there won't be issues in your life, you just have to recognize when it's time to cast that over on the Lord. And quit thinking about it, quit talking about it. You got to realize when you're up against something you can't fix, it's too big for you, then quit worrying about it and quit being afraid and cast the care of it over on the Lord and rest in His peace. Can you say amen? And that's your choice. If you let the enemy, he will keep you upset about something all the time. Yeah. Hmm? He's very tricky that way. He's very subtle. And uh, uh, people keep thinking, well, as soon as I get this done, as soon as we get this fixed, then I'll relax a little bit more. No, you won't. There'll be something else. There'll be something else. If you. It's not eliminating all the issues from your life, you're never going to do that. You live down here where stuff is going on. It's your reaction to it that's the issue. If you let it upset you, if you let it get to you, the enemy's got your number. And it's going to be one thing after another, and you're going to be upset or angry or hurt or worried or scared about something all the time, and that will take a toll on your body, on your immune system, on every part of your being. It'll cause you to die prematurely. It'll make you susceptible to any number of things, and the worst of which is the fear and spiritual. But we have the peace of God that passes understanding, that can keep our hearts and minds, but you only live in it if you keep your mind stayed on Him. You can change your mind like a channel on a TV. Don't say you can't. You can. And if something's been getting to you and working on you and chewing on you, you better change the channel. Hmm? Don't say you can't. And the enemy's persistent cuss. He'll bring it back to you 500 times a day. But if he does, what do you do? You change a channel 500 times a day and you cast down imaginations and you bring every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. I want you to say this out loud My mind, my mind. Is, my mind. is my mind. I don't have to think on anything. I choose, not to. I choose not to. I'm in control, I'm in control. of my mind. Of my mind.
1: Hmm.
0: Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you, Lord. That's thou wilt keep him, the scripture said, in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusts in thee. Romans says to be carnally minded is deaf but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Does it matter what you think on? Yes. How much does it matter? According to the Scripture, it's life and death. Yeah. What you let yourself think on.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, Brother Hagin said this before, he said, you, you can't prevent uh, wrong thoughts from coming to you any more than you can prevent a bird from flying over your head. But you don't have to let the bird build a nest in your hair. <laughs> Is that right? You got control over that, right? I mean, the bird may fly over your head, may try to light on your head, but you don't let them stay there and build a nest,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? Set up camp. Make a home in your hair, or in your mind we're talking about. So thoughts will come, and the enemy, try to bring them again and again, and they can be accompanied by very strong feelings. Right. These things are real, mm-hmm. they're spiritual, doesn't make them right. That's right. Just because they're real and spiritual doesn't make them God, right. doesn't make them right. And so you resist it, hallelujah. Amen. One of the things we talked about, the will of God, he said, is to give thanks all the time. This is the will of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so, uh, you can cast that down and start thanking God for the answer. Start thanking, start going, reminding yourself of everything you've got to be thankful about. Right? In healing school at Brother Hagin's ministry, I used to see this, that people would become fixated on the problem and completely forget about all the benefits and blessings in their life. Maybe you had something wrong with a finger, and so uh, people get fixated on my finger. Oh, my finger, it hurts. Oh, my finger, it doesn't work right. Oh, my finger, and and other people's finger works good. Why can't my finger work good? And and it's just messing up my whole life, and and completely forget that you've got nine that are fine. Yeah. Is that right? And good toes and good knees and good elbow. It's a trick of the enemy that you fixate on a lack or a need until you completely forget all his benefits.
1: Yeah.
0: Didn't the Bible say not to do that? Amen. Forget not. All his benefits. And if you'll start thanking God for all the good things in your life, that, uh, that brings in more light. In His light, you see light, the answer to the other things that you need. Did you find uh, Romans 12? Alright. Romans 12 and verse 1. Thank you, Lord. Verse 1, he said, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And he went on to say, And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Don't be conformed being conformed is to be made like, to be made the same as the world. And you, do you know what you have to do to be conformed? Nothing. Nothing. That's right. <laughs> yes. Just wake up in the morning and go with the flow of everything around you and just talk the same stuff that the world's talking, and watch the same stuff the world watches, and listen to the same music the world listens to, and read the same stuff the world reads, and you will be conformed. You'll be like the world, without realizing how much like the world you are. Mm -hmm. All you got to do is nothing. Mm -hmm. But it takes effort to be transformed. You've got to say, no, I'm not going that way. Transform by the renewing of your mind, the result of that being that you can prove and distinguish what is the good, acceptable, that's translated well-pleasing, and perfect, that could also be translated complete, will of God. Say it out loud, the good, Good. the 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 well-pleasing, the complete will of God. Hallelujah. It, it, there's not much more important that we could talk about. Because if, uh, if we live and die and never find or accomplish the will of God, we have wasted our life. We've wasted our life. The will of God is God's plan and his purpose. And he has something to say about everything in our life. God is not just an add-on for the Christian. (laughs) Hmm? Our life is to be governed by His leadership. He is Lord, and He has a will. He has a plan. Before you and I were ever born, God saw us, He knew us, and He had chosen for us our place in the body, our graces that He added to us. We're not supposed to just try to decide what we want to be and do. We are to seek Him and discover what He has already foreordained for us to be and do. And follow that and accomplish it throughout our life. So that we can say like we're talking last night with Paul, I've uh, uh, run a good race, I've fought a good fight, I've finished my course. Did you hear that phrase? Yes. I finished my course. So, do, we have, do you have a course? Paul said he was aware he had a course.
1: Yes.
0: Well, a course is a path. It is a direction. And, and there are a lot of other paths and courses that people take, but it doesn't mean it's the one for you. And the Lord said there's a broad way that leads to destruction. And there's a lot of people that find that way. But there's a a narrow path that leads to life, and relatively, compared to the billions on the planet, few that find it. It's not okay to just go any direction. It's not okay to just live anywhere, or work anywhere, or go to church anywhere, or marry just anybody. Well, it's just you know, whatever I like, whatever I want to do. You can live that way, and it'll be a disaster. Right. It'll be failure after failure after failure, and sadly, millions of Christians, that's how they're living. But, you can submit yourself to the Lordship of Jesus and ask Him about everything. Hmm? Anybody remember Proverbs? What, three, three five, and six? He talked about uh, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. What did he go on to say? Can you put that up on the screen? What is it? Proverbs three six. We're, we're two now, I think. Proverbs three six. It says, "In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct thy paths." Do you want God to direct your paths? Yes. Hmm. How many would like for God to direct your paths? How about all day today, God's directing your paths? Now, let's just stop here again. There are a lot of Christians that are saying they believe God is directing their paths, that everything that is happening is God directing your path. That is not true. If that's true, why do you have verses like this? That you need to acknowledge Him in all your ways, and He'll direct your path. If He's controlling everything, you don't need to acknowledge anything. He's controlling it all anyway. Yes. Can you see this? No. The truth is, you can do your own thing yes, sir. apart from God. You can ignore God your whole life. And never seek His will or His plan, and never find it, and live and die, and never do the will of God, the plan of God for your life. Well that's a wasted life. But here, if you acknowledge Him in all your ways, He shall direct your path. What does that mean? You're constantly checking in with Him. Hmm. Even though you, you know what you want to do, you know what you think you like, still don't just make the plan. Don't just do it. What do you do? Ask. Don't assume. Don't presume. Ask. Hmm? Acknowledge Him. Lord, what do you want me to do with this? Lord, maybe we've done this this way the last 40 times, but you still should ask again. This is a new day. You know, the Bible said, David, every time the Philistines would come, the enemy would come against them, he would inquire of the Lord. you remember that? Yes. Inquire of the Lord. And more than once, the Lord told him, go up, go up against them. I've given them into your hand. He told him the same thing several times. But then when the Philistines came up again, you know, David would think, well, I'm an old hand at this. I've been doing this. I know what to do. Go up against them. The Lord's with me. But no, he inquired of the Lord again, and good thing he did, because this time the Lord didn't say that. He said, go around by the mulberry trees. And I'm going to do it this way today. Every day is a new day, and and we don't have, if anybody ever comes out with a 3000 volume book on what to do in every situation. Don't buy it. Save you money. Don't buy it. Because that'd be an attempt to replace the Holy Spirit who lives inside you. He's the only one that knows what you should do every hour of every day. Hmm? And you'll learn principles in the word, but the specific application day in, day out, you need to look to the one who's on the inside of you. Say out loud, in all my ways, all my ways. acknowledge Him." him. what He say He would do? And He shall. Yeah. Is that good news or not? Yeah. He shall direct your paths. But can you see, it's not all Him. Right. And it's not you just doing whatever you want to do and believing that somehow He's going to be guiding you. No, it's a cooperation. He's made us intelligent beings. He's made us thinking, understanding beings. We can communicate with him. We can understand from him. And we need to ask him every day about which way to go on this. And I found, you know, Phyllis and I in the ministry, you you have a lot of decisions every day to make. And uh, then you look at the future. What do we do? What what comes next? And uh, we were talking about it between ourselves the other day, how vital it is to be led by the Holy Spirit. There just, there's nothing that can begin to replace this with success. And, and not just that you hear from God about, okay, we're going to take the ministry this direction now. Once you start that way, you still got to hear from Him every day about every step. And about every part and the, and, and the time you stop listening and you start presuming, assuming, that's when you're going to start making mistakes. Right. Yes. And you're going to start leaving doors open for the enemy to cause you problems. Um, I know when we um, started the church down in Florida, that was after a couple of years of seeking the Lord. Uh, we felt like we were supposed to start another church, but we didn't know where. And after a couple of years, we got settled on the, uh, that Sarasota area down there. And we looked at, uh, uh, I don't know, four or five properties. And one of them we looked at was just a better deal by far. It was a much larger facility, much less money. A whole lot more building for a whole lot less money. And we just didn't have a, the strong witness about it. Now, your head likes the math. Right? right? <laughs> and it makes sense on so many levels, but uh, uh, what, what do you do? In all your ways. Yes. Do what? Yes. Now, now, back up to the previous verse. Verse five. Trust in the Lord. What? All the Lord. With all your what? Heart. 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 Somebody say heart. 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 The, uh, lean not to your own Understanding. Is there a difference between the heart and the head? Yes. God gave you a head. He gave you a mind. He gave you understanding. We're to use it. We're not to be led by it. Mm, that's good. You use your head. You do your research. You do the math. You find out what you need to find out. But when it comes time to pull the trigger, mm. make the decision, so you do not go with stats and figures and logic. Did I lose somebody? No, not if you're going to be spirit led. Because the Holy Spirit doesn't just reside in your head. The spirit, Romans 8 says, bears witness with our spirit. He bears witness with our spirit, not our intellect. And so, all this looked good on paper. But when I check my heart, what am I doing checking my heart I'm acknowledging Him. Mm-hmm. We've done homework, we've done this, but before we do anything, even though we think we know what to do, I'm going to acknowledge Him. And I didn't have the witness, didn't have the quickening, didn't have the, the witness. And uh, you know, I, I learned some time ago to say it like this, I don't need a reason not to do something. I need a witness to do it. Do you understand that? There's all kind of stuff I shouldn't be doing. Right? I mean, <laughs> there's millions and millions of things. There's none of my business I shouldn't be involved in. I don't need a reason not to do things. I should assume unless the Lord gives me a witness to do, to do it, that's not something I need to be involved with. I go by the witness, follow the witness. And so, didn't have the witness about this building. There was another property. We had seen first off, they said it was sold. In fact, they had put it in the paper that it was sold. They had run a story about who was coming in there. It had been on the local news (laughs) that it was sold. And the county was, and city was underwriting some stuff. And, and this was happening and that was happening. <laughs> but that's the one we had to witness about. <laughs> it wasn't quite as big. It was uh, more money. And it was sold. <laughs> In all your ways acknowledge Him, He'll direct. Now, one of the big ways He directs your paths is by that witness. By that inward knowing. In fact, just turn there, Romans 8. Let's let's remind ourselves of what I'm talking about here. Romans 8. We have the Holy Spirit inside of us. Living inside of us. We should be, Brother Hagen used to say this, more God-inside-minded. Mm,
1: okay.
0: We need to be aware of Him. Well, this goes right along with what he said, acknowledge Him in all your ways. Where is He? Well, people say, well, you know, God's in heaven. Well, His Spirit is right on the inside of you.
1: Right, right.
0: right here. Right on the inside. And uh, in Romans 8... And verse 14 says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And that word sons can imply maturing ones. This is a key to developing and growing up that you learn how to be led. Verse 16, For the Spirit itself, actually, that's the Greek word autos, it is translated in other places, himself. I like to say it that way because the Holy Spirit's not in it, He's a person. The Lord Jesus referred to him with personal pronouns, masculine personal pronouns, he, he, himself. So it's, uh, it's no more correct to call the Holy Spirit it than it is for me to call you it. Right. We don't say, there it is, <laughs> when you walked in. <laughs> the Spirit himself does what? Bears witness with what? What part of our being? Our spirit, our spirit, that we're the children of God. He lets us know we're born again and his child and belong to him.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Hmm? How do you know that? Ever, ever heard people say, I just know it. Mm-hmm. Are you saved? Yes. Come on, somebody help me out with this now. Yeah. Are, are you saved? Yeah. You've been born again? Yeah. Are you saved? Yeah. How do you know it? Yeah. Huh? You have the witness, the knowing inside you that you're a child of God. Well, if he could let you know you're a child of God, why couldn't he let you know something else? Hmm? He can. He does. If we learn to listen. Um, and so uh, with that property I talked about, we, uh, we just called the people anyway and said, uh, you know... Uh, Heard that was sold but just wanted to check and see and the, the, the owner was upset. They said, no, the deal is not done and they've put it in the paper and they put it on the news. They said, well, we don't want to get in anybody's way but if it turns out it is available, we're interested. Two weeks later, they're calling us. We got it and we found out they were in two different counties and we found out that the county we're in there uh, one of the things that uh, we needed favor with with the uh, the city and the county, and, and one person told us oh they'll they 'll never let you do that. That will not never happen and for one thing you 'll have to go to the board and, and you 'll have to send a letter to the president. We said, well who's the president?" and they, they told us it was the one guy we knew <laughs> In town, God had caused us to meet them and get to know them, and we'd had no idea He was head of the board on that thing. Yeah. We said, "Well, sure, we'll write him a letter." <laughs> and we did, and they gave us permission same week. Amen. and thing after thing after thing, and later we found out that other property was in a different county and they didn't like churches. had no idea, but the Lord knew. Yeah. There's, you can't do enough research right, right. to make the perfect decision every time. You, for one thing, you don't know the future.
1: No.
0: Right? Sorry. The only way to get it right mm-hmm. is to be led by the Spirit. Right. He'll direct you past if we'll acknowledge Him yeah. in all of our ways. We recently bought a building and uh, uh, same, same thing happened on that. Uh, we uh, contacted the people, we made an offer about it, and the person said, oh, sorry, that building's sold. <laughs> the moment they told us, Phyllis and I looked at each other and said, no, it's not. <laughs> we didn't tell them. We knew in our spirit it wasn't even so. You know, sometimes there's scenarios where people will try to get you to bid against yourself. We perceived that. So we said, okay, fine. Thank you for your time. And didn't, didn't call them back. A few weeks later, they called us and said, oh, guess what? You know, it's, it's available. <laughs> we thought, yeah. <laughs> but thing after thing, how many understand every week there's a thousand decisions to make? Yes. Right? How can you get it right? The thing that's going to be good is the will of God. Amen. Right? How can I find the will of God? Well you feed on his word and learning you learn things about him in a general sense but then you need to pray and pray in the spirit and every time something comes up check your check in with him acknowledge Him in all your ways, and then He'll direct your paths, He'll give you the witness, follow that witness, you'll be right again, and again, and again, and again, until people think, you must be a genius, (laughs) how do you do that all the time? Uh, Don't be dumb and take credit for it. If you want to keep getting help, you better tell the truth right now, say no, I have help, I have major help. Who? Glory. The Holy Spirit. Right. Yeah. No, I don't know all that. No, I'm, I didn't figure all that out. I just, He prompted me to go this way, and I went that way. Amen. Praise God. Amen. I, I can stay here the rest of the day and tell you story after story after story after testimony after testimony of how the Lord helped us get it right. But what we're talking about, too, is even though you get direction, you know, uh, like for instance we, we got it settled we should start a church in this area well we would have been just 10 miles off and missed the perfect will of God yeah. can you see that you say well I was supposed to start a church here yeah but you got to keep listening every day right, right? right. And, and it keeps getting refined and the focus keeps getting more, more pinpoint and more pinpoint you walk with him And you walk in the light. And the path gets brighter and brighter. Can you say amen? Amen. Come on, confess it out out loud. Say, I'm led by the Holy Spirit. Spirit. He bears witness with my spirit. He orders my steps. He He directs my paths. He He causes me to know. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There are times you need to just in the middle, when your head is, is swirling about something, you just need to speak right out loud and say, I will make the right choice. I will make the right decision. And you're not talking about what you know, you're talking about He's leading me. He's guiding me. He'll cause me to know. I have an unction of the Holy One, and I know all things that I need to know. I'll go the right way. I'll do the right thing. And you especially need to say it if you've made the wrong turn the last four times. Don't blame God. Take the responsibility, right? Amen. You didn't acknowledge him. You just went off without listening, without checking. We've all made mistakes, but learn from them. Amen. And uh, don't move too quickly. Wait on him. Said out loud, trust in the Lord, trust in the Lord. With, all your heart. with all your heart. Lean not, Lean not. to your own understanding. To your understanding in all your ways. All your acknowledge him him. and he shall direct thy paths thank you Lord you know as pastors uh, we've have people on a continuous basis that are coming up and and they're saying you know well, they want to marry this one or uh, they're going into this profession or they're going want to go into this ministry or they're leaving go here and there and, and time after time if something comes up and Phyllis, maybe you'll tell me about it. And I'll say, well, did they ask? Hello. Did they ask? No, no, they told us. Hello. Well, uh, the Lord said to me some years ago, He said, many of my people are working without a net. Mm. You know, that's a, a trapeze term, yeah. right? Yeah, how many know it's not smart to walk the <laughs> high wire without a net? Because if you fall... That could be your last uh, performance, (laughs) right? Right. But if you got a net, if you got a net, you fall, uh, you you bounce, you go, oops, (laughs) 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 right? (laughs) Get off the net, go back and work on it some more. Well what does the Lord mean? A lot of my people are working without a, many of my people are, are working without a net. He said they're not getting the benefits of the gifts I've given them. And that's apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. The gifts he's given them. Why? Because they, ha- they, they won't give them the place in their life. You know, they, there's no submission uh, in many places to these things. And it's a mistake. Because God has put anointings on people in your life to help protect you. Mm. And God will give them things that's beyond them for your sake. They'll say and do some things, they don't even know what they're saying and doing. But God's doing it for you. If you'll give it respect, if you'll give it place. There's been numerous times where people did come and ask, and we were able to tell them, well, we we have a check about that, Uh, won't you do this instead, give this some time, and they were spared. Well, oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord. And it's not because we were smart. It's because uh, the Lord gave these, these things as gifts, as protection, as help. And that doesn't mean that you just look to a man to make your decisions for you. We're not talking about that. But why did God give us gifts? What are they for? They're, they're for a number of things. And how did we get into that? <laughs> But, uh, you know, recently some, some uh, Phyllis said, you know, so and so said that they're leaving, they're going to do this. And I said, well, did they ask? And she said, well, no, they didn't ask. Well, what can you tell them? They didn't. You have not, because you didn't ask. Somebody says, well, if you've got something strong, you should just go tell them. No, you're wrong. They should ask. You know, for instance, the Bible said, is any sick among you, let him call for the elders of the church. Mm. Hmm? I've heard people say, well, yeah, but you know, they should find out if I'm sick and just come check. Uh -uh. Not according to the Bible.
1: Uh
0: What do you mean? What do you mean? You asking opens a door spiritually. If you don't have enough respect, to ask properly, then they likely could not help you with their faith and prayer. Mm -hmm. I know when I first started in the ministry, I thought the minister's job was to do anything anybody asked you to do. (laughs) And that kept me busy. (laughs) And on one occasion, this person asked me to go visit their friend in the hospital that was very sick. And so I did. And I, sh- I showed up at the door and I knocked. And um, they said, who are you? I said, well, I'm, you know, Keith Moore and so and so asked me. And they said, you're a preacher? I said, yeah. They said, I don't believe in that junk. And they cussed. They said, get out of here. Wow. Exactly. I came because their friend asked me to go. I shouldn't have gone. Y'all with me, friends? What does the scripture say? Any sick among you, what? Let him call for the elders. Why? Because you're, in, in asking and calling for, you're showing respect. You're giving place to. You're saying, I have faith in your call in ministry and the anointing on your life. These things must be given place to. Or there won't be any manifestation of him. Jesus in his own hometown. Could do no mighty work. Didn't say he chose not to. Said he couldn't. Why? Because he's functioning as a man. And if you don't give place to it. If you don't show respect. God doesn't make people do things. Period. It's the devil who is the forcer. The coercer. The manipulator. That's the devil. God won't make you do a thing. If you don't ask, if you don't open yourself, if you don't submit yourself, if you don't give place. Remember the Bible said, submit yourselves to God. Then it says, resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you. Hallelujah. In due time, due season. So, it's a giving place. And giving place to His will, in fact, uh, where where are you right now in the Scriptures? Romans Romans 8. That's a good place. Uh, Go to John 7. (laughs) I got some good notes here and we're not using them at all, (laughs) but that's you don't care, do you? You don't don't care. I'll just have more material for tonight to preach. <laughs> Although i got another set of notes in the room for that. <laughs> but we, we prayed, right? We're, we're believing for the right thing. Again, isn't that exactly what we're talking about? I know when I first started preaching, uh, following Brother Hagin's ministry, he'd talk about uh, going off on a side journey. And and then he'd say, you know, sometimes these side journeys help us as much as anything else. And and we've been on several of them already this morning, haven't we? And uh, so in the early days of my preaching and teaching, I'd say, well, now, you know, this is not my message. But. And I'd spend ten minutes on it. You know, this is not my message. But. And I guess after, I don't know, months or even years of saying that, one time the Lord interrupted me while I was preaching. And I said, this is not my message. He said, son, if I say that's your message, that's your message. (laughs) You need to quit saying, this is not my message. Just because I made some notes the day before, what does that mean, right? In all your ways, acknowledge Him. And and this is supposed to be this way with teaching and preaching. This is supposed to be, be this way with everything we do in our life. We're continually checking in with Him. Acknowledge, check in, check in. And don't keep trying to push something and there's no grace. Mm, and there's no favor. Right? Um, I've always enjoyed a good fast car.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Can
0: I get an amen? Oh, amen. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I mean I, I grew up down in the south and uh, my dad uh, uh, had Mustangs and, and uh, we had Camaros and and we worked on them and, you know, ourselves. We didn't have a bunch of money, but we could wrench on them ourselves. And so uh, over the years, I've had a few fast cars. And, and about five years ago, I had a, a fast uh, Corvette. And uh, the Lord prompted me to sow that to another preacher. And so I did. It was primo condition. I think it had like 8,000 miles on it, perfect condition. It was the Z06 model, you know, the 500 horsepower model. And so I sold that to him. He was happy. He was blessed. And I didn't have one. I didn't have a sports car for five years or so. Well, um, I got stirred up about it. And that Phil, in fact, Phyllis, uh, got stirred up about it. She she knew I enjoyed it. So she said, I want you to get another car. And so we looked a little bit, but I just didn't have a witness. Did you hear that phrase now? Yes. Just didn't have a good witness about it. And so what do you do if you can't get clear on it? What do You, you don't need a reason not to do something. You need a witness to do it. And and uh, Brother John read this earlier in the offering through, was it you? Through faith and patience. You you inherit the promises. And to get God's best and highest, you've got to have patience. The flesh says, get it now, anyhow. Huh? But uh, faith says, if you'll wait, it'll be great.
1: <laughs>
0: what, what do you mean? Uh, you got to curb the impulses of the flesh. And for the Lord to add it to you, You got to get past that got to have it now phase. Hmm? I'm going to go over here and see if these folks like it any better. (laughs) To get to the place where the Lord can add it to you, you got to get past that got to have it now phase. The Lord's not going to add something to you that will distract you from him. He won't do it. That'd be hurting you. Mm -hmm. He can only add something to you. I'm talking about things. When you'll have it in its place. It doesn't mean too much to you. And you'll, you got to be where you can have it today and give it away tomorrow. Or sell it or sow it. Right? It's just a thing. Right. Right? Comes, goes. But it's not, it doesn't have a big place in your heart. You don't love it. I, so. I, I changed my vocabulary some years ago when it comes to the term love. I don't love things. I don't love cars, houses, airplanes, clothes, jewelry. I don't love pizza.
1: <laughs>
0: You're with me now? Why? That's too strong a word. Pizza's not supposed to have a big place in my heart. Right? Could have a small place in my stomach, but not not a big part of my heart. I don't love my car. For one thing, it will never love you back. Ever. I know people try to bond. They try to bond with things. But it is plastic and steel and rubber, and it's going to be destroyed with everything else. One day, it'll never love you back. You love God, yes. and you love people. right? But you don't love things. And um, how'd I get off on that? <laughs> well, this is my message, though, right This, this is my message. <laughs> the car and didn't have a witness about it. Well, finally, I, I did. I got, they came out with the new Z06. It had 650 horsepower. And I thought, oh yeah, now that, that could work. And so, <laughs> but, uh, but still, even though I had a witness that it was okay to get one, do I have it all? No, no I, there's so many other things I need to get settled on, right? Which one, where, the price, how? Even though I can have part of it right, say it out loud in all your ways. All your ways. Acknowledge, him. Acknowledge Him. So, uh, Phyllis and I both have a good witness. We have some money that I've saved. I actually had a little pickup, a 52 Ford pickup. All original. Yeah, flathead V8. And uh, I'd driven it around for a few years. But I couldn't keep up with the traffic.
1: <laughs>
0: you know, these old trucks. And, and around Sarasota, it's pretty, pretty sprite traffic. And, and I, anyway, I had enjoyed it. And, and somebody wanted to buy it for 5000 more than what I paid for it. So I said, okay.
1: <laughs>
0: so now i got some money to put on my car, my sports car. And so well, we're ready to buy. And I found one. It had a few miles on it. it. was a great price. Went up to see it. Phyllis and I did. And um, the, the guys let us sit there for 30 minutes without acknowledging us. Or have, and we'd already told them we were there. And they weren't busy. And there just wasn't much favor going on. Why am I telling you this? And so uh, they took me out to see the car. It was nice, you know, but no strong witness. Drove it around. Oh, it's a great car, but no strong witness. And so I drove a brand new one that was sitting right beside it. This had a few miles on it, and boy, they, they were the same. Came back in, offered the guy a good price for it. He said, well, it's up to me. I'd just say no right now. But I have to take it to my, uh, whoever it was over him. You know, just kind of short and curt. I thought, well, you know, this is, we're ready buyers, you know, and right. yeah. are we not even going to discuss this? I mean, I made you an offer, yeah. counter, you know, yeah. but it wasn't that way. And so as we sat there, Phyllis and I just thought, you know, we just need to go. Yeah. We, I came there to buy a car. Yeah. Yeah. Now, here's where a lot of times people get upset with the people. Right. Yeah. Hmm? Oh, right. And not realize that the Lord could be trying to help you. So, we just left. Well, I had seen another car about an hour from there, you know, around the way home, that was a used car. And so, I thought, well, I'll go by and see it. When we pulled up, it was outside on the lot there, and it caught our eye. We had a little, some little quickening before we ever got out of the car. Hmm? This is what we're looking for, more than a color, more than an option. I I had a color I thought I liked. This wasn't it. But now that I see it, I like it even better. It was uh, white. And it had a special twilight blue package. I didn't even know they made it. Dark blue convertible top. Blue leather interior. Special wheels. Sharp gray insets special car. And we looked it over. It was perfect. I mean, I couldn't find a scratch on a wheel or tire. Perfect, perfect. Guy came out and uh, come to find out the guy who bought it had a collection of cars. And he ordered special stuff on this one and then just put it in his garage and it sat there for two years. It had 2,800 miles on it. I drove it, Phyllis said, I got a figure about what to offer. And I said, yeah, me too. And so I said, but can we at least try to negotiate a little bit? So I, I offered them a little bit less than that figure. They came back at the figure Phyllis said she got. So she just said, so when they came back with that figure, she said, we'll take it. I said, we will? We'll take it? <laughs> I was going to say yes anyway, but it was the right figure. Twenty thousand under the price of the new car. Wow. And perfect. It had fifteen thousand worth of extras on it. Wow. Why did I tell you all that? Didn't have the witness to get the car for the first three or four years. Years. Three or four years. So I'm not in the "Gotta have it now phase. I've grown up. Come on, can you see that? I can have it, I can not have it. I can be happy with it or without it. Right? This car is not going to make my life. It's not going to turn me into something else. Right? It's just a car. Just a car. But now we have a witness, it'd be good to get one now. But one thing, you got to keep being led. Can you see this? you got to keep being led every step, every step, every hour. you got to keep checking. Said out loud, in all your ways. All your ways. Acknowledge, him. Acknowledge Him. He'll direct your paths. I mean, I, I didn't even, it took me the whole next two weeks to find out what was on the car. I didn't even know they put that stuff on the car. This guy checked every box you could check. And it was perfect. And I'm enjoying it. It's, it's a great car. Yeah. And the Lord gives us richly all things to enjoy, the Bible says. But you got to do it. If, you, if he's going to add it to you, it's got to be his way. That's right. His time. You can add stuff to you yeah. the wrong way yeah. and the wrong time. And it'll be a burden.
1: That's right. Amen.
0: But the blessing of the Lord, it makes rich. And there's no sorrow in it. There's no, there's no burden. There's no problem with it. Praise God. Wow. <laughs> well, it's time to close. And I'm still on the introduction. So go to, go to John that we talked about. John 7. And I think I'll close with this. But isn't it important? We're talking about the will of God. Some people would mock and scoff and say, well, you know, you're trying to say, is the will of God for you to have a fast Corvette? Yeah. yeah. Are those things only made for the ungodly? No. Huh? No. Are new cars only made for the ungodly? No. Sports cars only made for the ungodly? No. no. The Bible said he gives us richly all things to enjoy. And if the Lord uh, didn't spare uh, His only Son, but gave Him up for us, yeah. Romans says, How will He not with Him give us all things? Mm-hmm. If the Lord ever thought something was too much and too big to give you, it would have been Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And He's already given you Jesus. Do you think after He's given you Jesus, He thinks a car is a lot?
1: <laughs> yeah. Or a house? Or clo-
0: no, these things are very small in His eyes. He's not opposed, in fact, uh, uh, Brother Hagin said uh, one of those visions where the Lord appeared to him and taught him about how to be led by the Spirit. He said he told him this. He said, if you'll learn how to follow my Spirit, I'll make you rich. He said that surprised him. He'd never heard anything like that, you know. The head of the church, he said, looking at him, told him this. And then he said he, uh, the Lord perceived his thoughts because he was wrestling with that a little bit. He said, I'm not opposed to my children being rich. I'm opposed to their being covetous. Covetous. And that's things meaning too much to you. Covetousness is idolatry, Colossians said. It's not the thing. It's how important is it to you. And, and if you can grow, and one of the most effective ways... To get over a thing is to give it away. To sow it. Hmm? Did you notice what I mentioned five years before? I sowed my best car I'd ever had, right? And there are always, if you're following the Lord, there'll always be a time where he'll deal with you to sow the best one you've ever had. Did God ask Abraham for Isaac? Yes, Mm -hmm. Would he ever ask you for your Isaac? Your Isaac is the greatest thing you've ever had. It's the biggest thing you've ever had. And if you choke on it and go, no, 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 that's that's, that's my baby. Mm. Then you've just put your finger on the problem. It means too much to you. And the Lord doesn't care if you have five of them, but he doesn't want it to mean too much to you. And you got to go through the process of walking with him to die to it. This is part of crucifying the flesh. And get to where you're happy with it. You're happy without it. Hmm? My joy is not dependent on things. I have joy in the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. He's my joy. He's my peace. He's my strength. These things will come and go. In John 7. I think we'll close with this, like I said. Y'all are laughing now. <laughs> not sure if you believe that or not. Huh? <laughs> uh, to the best of my knowledge, I'll say that. So, John 7, 14, about the midst of the feast, Jesus went up to the temple and taught. The Jews marveled and saying, How knows this man letters? Having never learned, how does he talk like this? Where did he get this? And you'll see in the next couple of verses, Jesus did not take credit for his messages, nor for the, for, for the revelation. Jesus never took credit for one message that he preached. He never took credit for one healing that happened in his ministry. He never took credit for one miracle that happened in his ministry. In fact, he said, I can of my own self do nothing. Did Jesus say it or not? Yes. Why? Because he's doing what he's doing as a man. That's right. And he told us, if you believe on me, the works I do, you'll do also. Yeah. And greater works than these shall you do. Well, if he's doing them as God, how could we believe that? Right. That we can do what he did. Right. I'm not God, you're not God. But if he did it as a man... And he would anoint us with the same spirit. We see the glorious possibilities of doing the same kind of things in his name. He didn't take credit for the doctrine, for the revelation. But he went on to say this. My doctrine is not mine, but his that sent me. Verse 17. If any man will do his will, he shall know of the doctrine, whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. Listen to Young's literal translation of this. Young's is the same uh, one that authored the Young's Concordance. Very accurate. He said, uh, if anyone may will to do his will, he shall know. Concerning the teaching, whether it's of God or I speak of myself. Here is discerning what's God and what's not. Knowing what's God and what's not. What did Jesus say is a prerequisite? You've got to will to do his will. (laughs) Say it out loud. "Will Will to do his will. You'll hear people scoff and mock when people like me and you say uh, the Lord said, the Lord said to me, the Lord spoke to me. People, people scoff and mock and go, he, he thinks he's hearing from God. He thinks God is talking to him. No, I don't think so, I know so. Yeah,
1: that's right.
0: <laughs> well, well, But they don't understand what you're talking about. They think that's why you'll hear me repeatedly say, I, I didn't hear an audible voice but a new, distinctly inside. Because people don't understand, especially people outside the church, they don't have a clue what you're talking about when you say that. So we do need to use scripture language instead of just inventing our own phraseology in talking about these things. But you'll see that Jesus repeatedly told people in his teaching and preaching, he he would pause and say, him that has ears to hear, let him hear it. And you see in the book of Revelation, when the angel was, was giving the words and, and, the, and the Lord was giving these things, time and time again it would say, to him that has ears to hear, him that has ears to hear, him that has ears to hear. What does that mean? That means that just because you've got these things on the side of your head doesn't mean you'll hear what God's saying to you. And a lot of people, even when Jesus was on the earth personally teaching and preaching, they heard what He said, but they didn't hear it. Right, right. They didn't get it. They didn't understand it at all. They didn't hear it. Well, what's the determining factors? What makes a hearing ear? It's connected to your heart. That's right. A willing heart... Makes a hearing ear. Yeah. How's it worth you coming to church this morning? Right right there. Now that's, that's just me saying a different way. What Jesus said right here. Mm-hmm. Because they are asking the question. Where did these teachings and preachings come from? Then their heart. They knew they were from God. But they didn't want to acknowledge that. And so they're trying to make an issue out of it. And Jesus said. Uh, I, it, it didn't come from me. Came from him, and he went on to say, How you can discern its origin. And we're still talking about how you can discern what is that good and well pleasing and complete will of God. That your mind be renewed so that you can prove and distinguish what is the will of God. How can I know whether it's God or whether it's just man? How can I know? Well, you got to have an ear. That hears. Because God is communicating all the time. You know, you hear people say, Well, I I just can't seem to hear from God. Well, it's not because he's not talking.
1: Amen. (laughs) Yeah. Hmm?
0: No. He is faithful. Didn't he say, Acknowledge me in all your ways? Mm -hmm. And he'll direct your paths. Will he do it or not? Can you count on him? If you acknowledge him, could you count on him to do that? It's a whole lot like radio waves. Radio waves are unseen. There's all kind of stuff in the air right now. Right? Wi-Fi, video, audio. It's in here. It's everywhere. But the only way you'll perceive it is through a device that's configured for it. Well, the Spirit of God bears witness with your spirit. If you're expecting a phone call, you don't just go stand by the refrigerator.
1: <laughs>
0: At least not yet. I mean, that may happen next week. I don't know. <laughs> I think you can order groceries through them now, can't you? Through the refrigerator, but... but as of today, as far as I know, if I'm expecting a phone call, I don't put my ear up against the refrigerator. Why? Because if you're going to call me, you're not calling me through the refrigerator. You'll call me through the phone. Right? And that's one of the reasons why people are confused about God speaking to them is because they don't understand what part of your being he speaks to you through. Not your head. Not your emotions. Not your physical feelings. The Spirit, we we just got through reading Romans 8, 16. The Spirit of God bears witness with what part of my being? My spirit. My inner man. So I'm sensing Him. It's the knowing. It's the unction. It's the witness. That's how He communicates with me. And here he said how we can ascertain what's God and what's not God. If any man, other translations say it like this, if any man wills to do his will, he will know. It's, it's the tune of your heart, if you will. A willing heart makes a hearing ear. An unwilling heart makes an ear that doesn't hear. And since the Lord knows your heart and the end from the beginning, He knows in a lot of cases there's no reason to even bring something up to you. Because you're unwilling to hear it anyway. There's no reason to even try to talk to you about it, bring it up to you. He brought part of it up to you three years ago. And you ignored Him then. Hmm? Now, all of us have made mistakes in these areas. But we can repent. We can change. Uh, It's like FM and AM. You never pick up uh, FM station on the AM band. Right? And you can work on other parts of it and try to get it, but you still won't get it. You can say, what I need on my car is bigger antenna." And so you put a bigger antenna, and you're still on the AM band, you're not going to get the FM station. And so you say, what I need is more power, I need more power. So you put some big amps in your car. Still not picking up the FM station. So What, what I need is, is bigger speakers. And so ma'am, you, you got the power, you got the whip antenna, you got the big speakers, and it sounds like you're frying bacon three blocks away. <laughs> And you still cannot pick up the FM station. So you say, well, something's wrong with that station. Something's wrong with the FM station. So you drive out to the FM station, and you put your bumper up against the building. <laughs> and you can't hear a thing. So it's got to be something wrong with the station. Right? Right? There's not something wrong with the station. You're on the wrong band. The Lord said this to me years ago. He said, you can pick up the plan on the willing band. <laughs> Does that make sense? You can pick up the plan. What plan? God's plan. You can pick up God's plan on the willing band. Now I didn't make that up. Did you see this right here in John 7:17? If any man wills to do his will, he will know he'll know whether it's of God or of man. I know some years ago I uh, oh this has been 25 years ago. I was uh, busy teaching in the school there at Ramah and healing school and prayer school and uh, there were, there were some things about our finances that weren't right. We didn't have the provision that we should have, and I knew that. I'd prayed about it off and on for months and couldn't get the answer. And every so often, it's something would come up in my spirit about going out on the weekends and having healing meetings in churches. I didn't want to hear that, though, because I was busy during the week, and you you want a couple of days off, you know. And so, when you don't want to hear something, your mind can do things. You can do mental gymnastics, juggling it. Well, what was that? Oh, we don't know what that, is, that was. That was just a, you know, that was a random stray thought. And, and the moment you do that, the enemy will be right there. He'll go, no, nah, we don't know what that was. And, and to feed you, Because if you don't want, if God gives you something, it's the truth. Right. Yes. If you don't want the truth, what else is there yes. to believe? Nothing else but lies. Mm-hmm. And the moment you say, I don't want the truth, the devil is right there with an assortment of lies mm-hmm. for you to pick from. Because <laughs> you didn't want the truth, so now you want something else. And the devil is your go-to guy for something else. So months went by like this. Every once in a while it'd come up. I didn't want to hear it. I didn't want to look at it. Now, now again, how can I pick up the plan? On the, will,
1: on the willing
0: band. On the willing band. At this point, am I on the willing band? No, no. Nah. no I'm on the AM band trying to pick up an FM station. Finally, I, uh, one day I came home and nobody was there except me and I kind of plopped down in the easy chair and just quiet. And that came up again, just as clear, not, not a voice, but just the thought, the concept and the idea of going out on the weekends. And I had invitations, but I was speaking a lot during the week, and I just really didn't want to do it. I set aside what I had in my hand. I said, Lord, forgive me. That's you. That's you. I know that's you. That's the same spirit led me to come to Rama, led me to do this. This is you. Forgive me. Yes, Lord, if you, if you want us to do that, we'll do it. I'd be glad. To, and I mean, before I could finish speaking, he said, now I'm going to talk to you about your finances. Mm. Oh, yeah. I didn't even know they were connected. Mm-hmm. I had no idea that they oh, come on. Do you see what I'm talking about here? Right. But the least bit of unwillingness blocks your hearing gets in the way and God's plan is integrated all these things make up his plan and there's nothing no part of your life that's outside of his plan no. every part of your your, your, your health your, your mental your emotional your financial your marriage your family everything is an integrated part of God's plan and refusing his will on one side is going to have negative repercussions on some other areas. Yes. And that's why the enemy is always trying to get you into some degree of disobedience. Because de- he knows that's going to have ripple effects in your life. And the moment, I, I mean it was so real to me, that's why I'm sharing it with you today, years later. I, I, I sat there and I said, Lord, that, that is you, that is you. Yes, if you want us to go... I know, you know, I'll need your help. I felt like I've been tired sometimes at the end of the week. So, uh, And and to, to fast forward, we did it. It was wonderful. And the things that he told us to do, the money just began to come in. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord. But I picked up the plan when I made an adjustment. In my heart. Brother Hagan said this some years ago. He pastored for 12 years, Brother Kenneth E. Hagan, who's in heaven now. And he said the Lord led him to leave the church and, and uh, go out onto the road, road ministry. So he did. And for the first several months, he's going in the hole financially. He's making less money than when he was pastoring, and he's spending more money. And he just can't do that forever, you know. He's going in the hole, going in the hole. So he began to earnestly seek the Lord, prayer and fasting. And he kept quoting to the Lord, Isaiah 1.19. Uh, he said, if you be willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. And he said, Lord, I, I, I'm, I obeyed what you told me to do. And I left the church and I'm out here doing, but I'm not eating the good of the land. And my kids are not eating the good of the land. And, and he's praying. And, and fa- finally, after a couple of days, he said, the Lord spoke to him and said, well, the problem is you don't qualify. He said, Lord, don't qualify. He said, I, I did what you told me to do. You, you told me to live. He said, yes, but you weren't willing. Oh, wow. yeah. <laughs> Still not willing. See, he's complaining. Yeah. about. He said, when I was at the church, you know, they, uh, we had a good salary. They, they even bought us clothes. We were out in farming community. They brought us half of what we had to eat and didn't have all this. Exp-. He said it was better with me. <laughs> there. Well, that's not being willing to be out here on the road. You know, uh, the children of God did that looking back to Egypt, didn't they? Oh, it was good. We had cucumbers and watermelon. You were a slave, dummy. Did you forget that? (laughs) He said, Brother Hagin said, when the Lord told him that, he got it. He said and he said don't tell me it takes a long time to get willing. He said I made the adjustment immediately. He said lord, I'm willing. You know I'm willing. The devil knows I'm willing. <laughs> You can. It's an adjustment. And just like you take that tuning knob and you tune it to the right channel, now it's coming in loud and clear. Amen.
1: Yeah.
0: Come on, can you see that? Yeah. And when you get a hold of your heart and you make that heart adjustment, and you got to be willing before you find out what it is. Amen. That's it. That takes faith. Another word is trust. You got to trust Him that He's not going to mislead you, He's not going to hurt you, he's not, he, if you have to leave something, He's not taking <laughs> something away from you, you're going to wind up in better shape than you've ever been. I know when the Lord dealt with us to leave uh, Oklahoma and go to Branson to start the church there, uh, we'd been there 20 years, and we had believed from a, a, a rough apartment in a bad part of town to a better apartment, to a better apartment, to a rent house, to a house, to a dream house in 20 years. We had just got the house that we had had on our vision list for 15 years. And we got it for a crazy low price. And Phyllis had just got, uh, she was believing in God, and somebody gave her the money to redo her kitchen. She had just got it done. And the Lord's dealing with us, Leave. Leave. And we're, we're struggling with that a little bit. We had just got a, a, a little aircraft to travel in, just got a hangar. We were just a few minutes, five minutes away from the airport. We were set up to travel. And we enjoyed it. And Branson it's a little bitty place. And the airport, it was a little short strip. What was it? What is it, 3,900 feet? With a cliff on both ends. <laughs> boulders this big I mean, uh, just not the best place and, and, uh, and uh, you know international travel if you had to go somewhere else that was an hour or so away And um, anyway it had taken us 20 years to get built to this place and, and believe God and, and, and finally one day I'm getting ready shaving in the mirror and, and, and the Lord said to me he said uh, Keith do you believe I'm able to do for you better than this I said, yes, Lord, yes. So I'm, I'm done wavering, I'm done. So we put everything up for sale and it sold just like that and we, we left our dream home, moved into a little uh, rent house where the water didn't work very well. And, uh, but see, if you follow the Lord all the way, you're going to have to do this.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You're, you're going, there's cycles, there's cycles. And we weren't there in Branson two weeks. The Lord spoke to me. He said, I'm going to give you the best of Branson. Now, he had asked me before we left, do you believe I can do for you better than, better talking about better than what you have here? I said, yes, Lord. And so we left it. We liquidated. We left. It took a few years. But we wound up with a far better house than we had ever had, overlooking the lake. They built us a brand new airport with private money. Only one in the country has commercial service built with private money. Glory to God. The Lord gave us primo spot on the strip. We're on the strip. Got a big sign like everybody. I saw y'all got a video sign out here. Alright. Yeah, everybody needs a good sign. And, and the Lord has done it. Gave us 72 two acres. Right on the strip. Prime, prime. He has done it. Gave us the best. But if we hadn't been willing to turn loose of what we had, we'd have never found out about it. And this happens time after time after time. If you're going to follow him all the way, you'll find yourself doing this. Turning loose of what you've known and going in to the unknown. Isn't that right? The Bible said Abraham went out Mm -hmm. not knowing Mm -hmm. where he was going. The Lord told him, leave mom and dad and leave your your people and go out to a place I will show you. Imagine his neighbors going, are you leaving? Are you going? Yeah. Where are you going? (laughs) Where y'all moving to? The Lord said he'd show me. Now people think he's a real nut, right? And he's a father of the faith. Abraham and you can tell it really did hear from God because of how it worked out. Amen. Thank you, Lord. You can pick up the plan on the willing band. Amen. The moment you get serious. In fact, why do you just stand with me right now.